When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coming up on today's episode, a gutsy win, but at a cost. We recap the Jets dub over Anaheim, but also look at the potential Kyle Connor knee injury. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, hope you guys had a great weekend and let's start it off here trying to, uh, let's, let's try to bump up the spirit a little bit because I know Jets fans are feeling pretty down and uh, yeah, can't blame you. Tough. Great win. It's it's tough to win the way they did against Anaheim and be pretty, pretty uh, in the gutter there. But yeah, we're we're all just kind of waiting on pins and needles to figure out what the status is of KFC, and hopefully, it's um hopefully we we get a bit of good news heading into the holiday season. Uh, but we'll try to brighten up your Tuesday morning at the very least for you. We'll see if we can make that happen. Um, helping me attempt to do that once again. CJOBs Tyson Rewicki. Tyson, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm not gonna try and put too much fake cheeriness in, just because you know, like you gotta mourn a, mourn a little bit. I mean, we don't know the full extent, but you know, that's it's part of the process, right? Like we gotta gotta like let it soak a little bit. Okay, so you're going like the the gritty realism approach at, at the start, and then uh, then it will it's a gradual build. It'll just okay. be a nice gradual build. Gotta be honest, don't like that, but <laughs> if, if that's what you're feeling, we'll, we'll try to make it work. Okay. <laughs> Apology. I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to get my mouse on the mute button. Apologies. Uh, just dealing with a, a little bit of illness right now, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll punch through it. I'll try to avoid any gross sounds by myself over the next Dig 20 deep. or so minutes here. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm out of halls. I got a Red Bull in the fridge. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I'm just, <laughs> just trying to get by hour to hour right now. Are you are um, you more of a Halls or a Ricola kind of guy? I love them all. <laughs> like I don't even care. Like I'll just like literal candy. Like, like just all your answers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like just keep going. Keep going. The hard, and like the the more extra strength, the better. Oh, like, I, I just I can't get enough of it. The ones with a little bit of honey in them too. Those oh. are yeah, yeah. They're they're a little pricey, but I'll, it's worth the cost. Uh, are, on on that note, are you are you a Buckley's fan of the taste? I mean, it's not like I 
like obviously I wouldn't drink it all the time because it's medicine, but like, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, good. I, I, would, I don't like enjoy it, but I don't hate it as much as some people do. I love it. <laughs> I have a yeah. That that's one where it's like I I got a pro. I got a somebody's got to lock this up in the cabinet. You've always liked medicine though. Like when you were younger, didn't you like the banana medicine a ton? Yeah, but now I don't. As like it's it's too synthetic now. Do you, but, do you even know what it, what that medicine is? I I always just call it the banana medicine. Oh yeah, that's all everyone does. Know like, what we're talking about. Yeah, who who knows what it actually cures? They just they, it probably does. It's like the ultimate placebo. They're just like here, drink this, and you're like, uh, I actually feel pretty good right now. So, <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, yeah, but Buckley's, yeah, that's and I mean, can you get a better market? Is there a better marketing job all time than it tastes awful and it works? Like it's just it's so it's so brilliant. It's it's kind of a huge flex on all the other medicines. Or it's like you you guys can try and make it taste better. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what yours tastes like. How much better it tastes. We got this market cornered, baby. We're number yeah. one. None of you clowns are even touching us. It's brilliant. I love. I love. I'm, I'm Team Buckley's all the way. It's my it's my favorite brand of all time. <laughs> all right. Well. I mean, maybe people are taking Buckley's and Halls and, and Ricola Tyson after screaming themselves horse at Ryan Strom. Because I, 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 that is pretty much worst case scenario. I would imagine what we saw happen in that Ducks Jets game on Sunday night. I mean, we can't even, I don't even think we talk about the game for a little bit. It's, it's really all about the potential severity of, of Kyle Connor's injury. Takes the knee from Ryan Strom. Five minute major. We'll get to the the discipline and the suspension and all that in, in just a little bit. But I mean, man, he's gonna miss time. It, it just it seems like that's a, a shoe in here. Went for an MRI on Monday as of nine p.m. Still no word yet. Either Tuesday or Wednesday, I imagine we 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 get some news on that. But this loss is just. It's it's beyond critical, and anybody that follows the NHL or follows this team obviously knows that. But I mean, I'll, I'll throw a little bit of trivia at you, Tyson. Do you want to guess how what percentage of the Jets' goals Cal Connor has scored this season? I believe it's twenty. It's nicely done. Maybe you were <laughs> watching the Leafs Islanders game earlier, because um, Austin Matthews is first, Cal Connor is second. A fifth of this team's goals have Crazy. come from one guy right now. Yeah, it's 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 wild. And it, in a way, is kind of, you know, blown over this team's semi-scoring issue uh, throughout the first 25 games this season. I, I'm not even going to say how big of a loss this is because it's it's just a, an obvious question here. But, like, what now? What, 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 what do the Jets do for the undetermined timeline that Kyle Connor is going to be out with that knee injury. Well, the, the good news is that you've built up enough of a great start to the regular season that you now have a chance of like, let's say he's out four to six weeks. Still, it's still a long period of time, but I think that's manageable. I think this Jets seems deep enough that they can withstand. I think that they'll still be able to win a lot of games, but it's just that scoring punch that you mentioned. And, and we're starting to see a little bit of a, a drop off in the depth scoring. It's still been like, it's still there obviously, but it hasn't been as much as it was in the beginning of the year. And I mean, he's so dynamic and him and Shifley do have just that innate chemistry where they're able, I like, guess, especially that pass where Connor made the, 
it was like the no look backhand around the net, but it was like tight, tight window. And even the passing lane was super tight. And he found Shifley for, yeah, I I'm surprised Gibson was even ready for that. It was a great save by yeah, Gibson. Yeah, it was a great but, save. But just it's that, those sort of plays with those two that I think you're going to miss the most. Now, I still think that Ehlers and Shifley can can kind of mitigate that for a little bit because I, I think they do have shown that they still both have pretty good chemistry. It's just, are you going to replicate it? But I think now Blardi scored a goal, gets that deflection. Hopefully that kind of gets them going. And maybe maybe you switch the lines up and have a nice Shifley, Velarde, Ehlers top line and then kind of round it out from there. Because with those three guys, you could probably get maybe 75% production, seventy-five percent of the production that you had with Kyle Connor. I think you would take that as a win if it is, a, say, a four- to six-week stretch. Yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, what you, I mean, first off, you're right. Velarde getting that goal, and of course it's going to be a greasy one for him, right? <laughs> but like getting that goal happened at the perfect time, like a game winner. And right when Connor goes down, like you, the Jets, are, look, the, the, the fact of the matter is the Jets are going to need literally everybody to step up. You can't just say like, we need this guy to take over the, the league leading scoring mantle. Like, it's just not, it's not possible or. I mean, it's possible, right? But it's just not reasonable to expect one person to do that. But if, if you needed anybody to, you know, amp up their game by a fair amount in the production department, Velarde, like that is timing 101 right there. And if he can, you know, get on a bit of a heater, that can at least mitigate some of the the damage and the loss of KFC. So, I mean, like that, that that's the big one right there is that Velarde comes in. But, I mean, it, it it's going to have to be by committee. And you might need a couple bottom six games that get you by, you know, two or three opponents over the next handful. of. You know what I mean? You you might it, it's not going to be, you know, Mark Shifley puts up 20 points in 13 games, right? Like it's just going to have to be everybody elevates their performance a little bit and that you hope you can tread water over the next however many weeks it might be that he's out. The other good thing, Tice, is that this team historically has actually done a surprisingly damn good job of playing well when they get hit by the injury bug. It's really weird, but like they, and, and I Connor's just one guy, obviously, but like I, I go back to the, what was it? The 2017 season. Um, but basically all of their defense were out and they called a bench rod. They put him next to buff who was playing forward. I, mean, I, th I think their second pair was Jay Harrison and Paul Postma. Oh my gosh! And they and they ran off like a twelve and five record, right? Like, and then I mean, even just last year, you know, Dubois missed a handful of games. Um, I think Shifley missed a number of games. Lowry, right? Like Ehlers. they, they Ehlers, right? Ehlers missed uh, uh, the, the whole season, damn near, <laughs> right? But they 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 seem to to play a little bit better when they get banged up and their backs are against the wall. So. Hopefully it's only a matter of weeks that we're talking about and it becomes a much easier thing to, to overcome there, but you're right. I mean, thankfully the depth is as good as it's ever been here in Winnipeg. And so they're going to have a few capable, capable bodies to, to step up here. Um, but man, that's tough. It, it's tough for, I mean, the season Connor was having, you know, potentially chasing a rocket Richard tough for a power play that has, struggled all year long losing their their greatest offensive weapon and then just tough as well for a team that was riding high four straight wins 
everybody seemingly you know was was playing great and then you just get dealt an absolutely awful blow on a dirty hit that you know the team has no control over so they're just gonna have to they're gonna have to play some wheelbarrow hockey here tyson right like it's just gonna be there's no other way about it it's just everybody step up and let's try to you know i even necessarily look at the division lead honestly it's like let's just try to maintain our gap on on third and fourth in the central and we're gonna be just fine for sure. And and another point, too, is that you paid a boatload of money for your number one goalie. And he has been playing very, very good lately. But this is this is the time. This is why you pay him the big bucks, right? Like, you might need Hellebuck, no pun intended, by the way. You might need Hellebuck to kind of carry the load for a little bit here, for, for a little bit of a stretch. And, yep. and if he does that, I mean, he vaults himself right into the top three Vesna case, too. So there's a lot of, you know, personal accolades on the line, too. And I think that... These are, these are the kind of moments in the season where Hellebuck is going to kind of stand out, especially now that he has that contract. It's just more fuel to the fire that because some guys, they'll maybe take a backseat, maybe push off the brakes or push off the gas a little bit. But I, Hellebuck seems like a guy who's really driven to kind of prove that he's worth that money. And I think we're going to see some high level hockey from over this stretch. Yeah, that's a great point that that Hellebuck, he's got to be. You know, not nine twenty-five would be pretty nice over the next month or so. Let, let, let's let's get that between the pipes for sure. As as far as lines and and how the combinations are going to go, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what Rick Bonus comes up with here. Personally, Tyson, I wouldn't mind seeing a top line of, and we've never seen these guys play together, which is hilarious. But I wouldn't mind seeing Shifley, Velarde, and Perfetti as the team's quote-unquote top line. Uh, I think Velarde is definitely going to be the one that gets the call up beside Shifley. There, there's no doubt about that. I do wonder at this point, like, as great as Ehlers and Shifley can be together, I just I wonder if it's it's just better for the team now that, like, you have to split them up just to try to generate something on, on two different lines there. But I, I think I think Perfetti can mesh pretty well with Shifley. Like, you know, like, you you put three guys that that know what they're doing and Perfetti's IQ is through the roof. I, I think he might be able to find those guys in some nice scoring areas. And I, I I just got a hunch that those three might play well together. And then I think the other you know certainty here, Velarde moves up. I think Nino's got to move up too at this point. I mean, great on that third line, but you could put him up there on the second. I mean, I, either line is great, right? But you put him up there at the top six, and you know, for for a team that needs especially if Perfetti and Velarde are going to be playing, you know, 18, 19 minutes a night. Not the worst thing in the world to have a vet with a ton of experience that can be out there, you know, to, to ease the burden a little bit. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ehlers, Nino, and Vladdy as, as the team's second line. And then you basically just, you know, piece together whoever is left as the third and fourth line. I guess Lowry, Ayafalo, and Appleton. And then, I mean, even Barron, though, like Barron's been playing great. He, he probably deserves a, a shot up the lineup as well. I, I feel like the the bottom six I'm actually still pretty confident in. Like I think they've all played well at, at different points this year that you feel like you're going to get solid performances out of them. It's just going to be what's the mix in the top six that keeps us afloat over the next little bit. Yeah, and you know, I, I kind of like the idea of maybe not putting Velarde on that top line. And okay. if you're going... And if you're going with a spread the wealth kind of approach, I would, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing and and he hasn't been great in stretches on the top line like he has, but he has produced. I think an Ayafalo Shifley Perfetti top line 
with a Nino Velarde Ehlers second line has the potential to me to to potentially work some mad. I I just like the fits there, and then you're letting Velarde kind of take the reins for a little bit, see if he can maybe manage that second line center spot, and if he can, then all of a sudden when Connor comes back, you plug Connor in with Shifley and Perfetti, and you have two really good lines right there, plus the Lowry checking line. And you mentioned Morgan Barron, and I think that he would be moving up to the third line. I think it would be great for him. Like, but Barron, Lowry, Appleton, we've seen that line have success before. And Nemesnikov's just such a Swiss Army knife that I think you can put him on the fourth line. I just think that he helps him out just with the little details and just being a, a very effective fourth line. So I wouldn't mind seeing that kind of combination. Let me ask you this, Tyson. We've seen some some youngsters perform pretty well over the last little bit. Two points and an OT winner the other night. Do you consider a recall of a Brad Lambert, maybe? Or somebody else down there with the moose? If you're, if you're looking to have the least disruptive lineup... Do you give that any consideration? Maybe Lambert comes in, takes over Kyle Connor's spot, and that's it. If nothing else changes. I, I don't hate it because <laughs> it'd be it'd be super exciting. Dang. And because <laughs> because of where you are in the standings, you're afforded that opportunity to, to do that. I just don't think it's in the cards for this season. I, I think the Jets have a really good thing going, and I, I'm not. And this isn't to say that Lambert couldn't play in the Jets structure, but I think that's just. We even heard mentioned some of the players last year. They kind of lost the system a little bit, lost the flow of how Rick Bonus wants them to play a game that kind of led to the stretch they had at the end of last season. And this year, they've just picked it up from where they left off. So I just wonder if there's a little bit of a concern that there's an adjustment period there, and in a game and in a stretch where they kind of can't just push a guy in and have him kind of work his way into the lineup. I just want. I just don't think that now is the right time. And he is having such a good year in the AHL. Just, I, I say, just let him keep blossoming down there. I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of you, Tyson. That, that was some, that was some good bait that I threw out there and you didn't take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You held, you held strong. You held true. I, I completely agree for every reason that you mentioned there. Um, yeah. Let, let those guys, to, to me, that's more of a break glass in case of emergency move. Where if the team is just like that, you're not scoring at all, and he's lighting it up, then you call up a cheaper cover, a Lambert. But as it stands right now, just enjoy, enjoy tearing up the AHL, and yeah, if we need you, we'll call you. But right now, I think the Jets are in an okay enough spot. Um, but we'll see what the lines are going to be like as the Jets. I mean, I was going to say, thankfully, maybe not anymore. Thankfully, take on the Sharks, but my God, the last thing you want to do is take a lead against San Jose at this point. Maybe the most dangerous team at all. What is going on with the Sharks? Anyways, uh, <laughs> the Jets face the Sharks before uh, battling the Kings back-to-back. Um, we'll see if Hellebuck gets the game against San Jose or the game against LA, or maybe, maybe just throw them in for both. Let's just let's just keep rolling with Hellebuck. Keep grabbing wins, grabbing wins. Um, so we talked about the lineup. Potentially, what it might look like without Cal Connor. Let's talk about the play itself. I mean, dirty. There's no argument from anybody there. I would. I feel like people are being. I feel like there is a little bit of over dramatization. People are maybe like I saw some of the. It's the worst knee I've ever seen. Like I don't know, man. Like Brian Marchman existed. 
Alf Samuelson existed. Like there, there, there were way worse knees in, in hockey history. But it's kind of funny because it it looks not totally identical, but really, really similar to Neil Pionk's knee on knee of Rasmus Sandin last year. And I believe Pionk got a five minute major in that game, but he definitely got a two game suspension because I went ahead and looked that up, but that's the research I did for the show today. <laughs> Obviously, Strom given the five-minute major, but no supplemental discipline. Agree or disagree? I, I disagree with the no supplemental discipline. I think, and part of it too is, I I could see the argument for a four-game suspension, but I just think that Neen in general should be weighed heavily than it is right now like it, like you mentioned it is pretty much exactly the neil pionk knee on sandine when you, you you mentioned it a little bit earlier to me today and i watched it, i was like yeah i guess i guess that is yeah. pretty similar it's those those plays though are just so dangerous and it just feels like the league doesn't take them that seriously and i feel like especially this year it seems like to be it seems like there's a lot more clipping mean kind of plays that are happening and it's kind of just being ignored and i it's it's if you're, if you're trying to promote player safety and you're having guys getting their knees taken out i think there should be some justice on that and well the, like with with how fast guys are it's like a, it's almost an automatic injury you know what i yeah. mean oh totally like you're, you're losing like if you get hit like that you're like you're you're, you're kind of screwed i just it, it's to me it's exhibit a of the absolute clown show that is Department of Player Safety in terms of time to spin the wheel of justice yeah. lands on two games for Neil Pionk. It lands on zero for Ryan Strom. They're like that. It makes no sense. Yeah. The same play. They're the same play. What are we like? What are you doing here? It's so easy, right? Like it's right. They, you you have like a, a built in. You don't even have to explain it. Just be like, look, this happened last year. One of the teams was involved, right? Like I I don't think anybody's asking. I, I, you know, I see people all the time say, if, if you hurt someone, you should be suspended as long as them. That's, it's just, you can't run a, a discipline system <laughs> that way. But how is it not a few games, right? Like, that's, give it a few games. Everybody's happy, I think, right? Like, I, I just don't understand how you come to the conclusion where you watch that and go, yep, you knocked out one of the leading scorers in the NHL with a knee on knee hit. It was deemed, illegal at the time confirmed to be illegal and we actually like that enough that we're not going to give you an right like it, it's just so the league just loves not protecting their star players they're addicted to it they, they can't get enough of leaving all their stars up for open game when it comes to plays like this and i just you you, you don't see this in, in other better run leagues because kyle connor's a star and he's an all-star this year and when you're talking about a guy that has a chance to win a major freaking trophy, go out of your way to protect that guy when a guy throws his leg out and clips him with a knee. It's it's crazy. And and part of it too, and this shouldn't be a reason, but just the way the NHL operates, it very well could be. But this is the Anaheim Ducks. Like they're one in twelve in their last thirteen, right? <laughs> no like one's gonna how, know. It's just like <laughs> Yeah, how hard is it to suspend them for two or three games? It's not like it's gonna be the end all be all for the Ducks season. And like I mentioned, that shouldn't be a reason why you do it. But also it's just like, well, 
let's but just also do it. <laughs> yeah, just do it. It's it's it blows my mind. It, especially like it's those knees happen, but for me too, it's also just the fact that it Strom's leg really doesn't it doesn't come off the ice. Like it's planned. It, he's planted it, and it's driven right into his knee. Like you could say that he went for the hit, and Connor moved at the last second, but like. And it could, it very well could have been reactionary too. Like that's not, I'm not to say that he deliberately stuck his knee out, but he did. And yeah, if you're, exactly. Regardless yeah. of intent, it's still a knee. Like that's exactly that's it. exactly it, right? Like it doesn't. I, I, yeah, it very well could have not been a malicious play. And sometimes, like when guys move, and it's so fast and it's so quick that like you don't even. It's oh, oh, right. But the whole point of suspensions and discipline is to make sure these things don't happen again. Why Why would Ryan, like, for example, like, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and start kneeing guys left and right, but do you honestly think Ryan Strom's going to think twice the next time it happens? No, because nothing happened to him, right? Like, it's crazy. You, you want to you wanna take plays like that out of the game, so that's a way to do it, is by throwing a couple games of suspension on it. I, I just, it's... Uh, the, the NHL, NHL. Is so it's so poorly run right now, and the Department of Player Safety might be the worst run arm of that poorly run league. And it's uh, just it, it's infuriating that every every hockey fan sees any kind of dangerous play, and they're like, "We have no idea what suspension this is going to be," and they're totally right. It's I was I totally agree with you. Like this this year especially, the NHL is batting like almost zero percent on every single issue rule whatever it is like they are just striking out nonsense the only good thing that they've announced is that they're doing the the draft at the sphere and they're probably gonna mess that up somehow but it's just like they just can't get anything right it's crazy and mind-blowing but it's and, and you would think that they would just go back and look at not even like past years, but just like the year before and be like, is there like any play that's kind of like this? Like, what did we do? Let's just at least try and keep it consistent, but they can't well, even do that. And realistically, I mean like any major penalty call, cause they all get reviewed now. Right. So like any major automatically reviewed within the game, it, it should come with like a minimum one game suspension. You know what I mean? Like you, you take a five. I mean, in, in soccer, for example, if you get a straight red card, I think it's an automatic three game ban. Like it's just, and, and there's no debate, like you're gone. And if you get two yellows, it's an automatic one game ban. Like, I mean, that, that, that should just be at the very least, like, Hey, we're throwing this is like, take a five minute, no matter what the penalty is. See ya. Like you're out at least one game and the NHL reserves the right to, to add on further discipline. They, I mean, that they literally review it. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the review process right <laughs> yeah. there. The refs are like, oh my gosh! It's just, yeah, it's it's so it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, unfortunately, the Jets are just the the latest team and fan base that has to pay the price. And um, yeah, we're just hoping for the best now. That you know, it's a matter of days or weeks, as opposed to something worse than that for Kyle Connor. The final thing about the play itself, Tice. I mean, stick taps all around for Mark Shifley for immediately answering the bell. I mean that you just you love to. See. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of like jumping in after hits on plays like that. You yeah. You immediately you like it's it's non negotiable as a team. You have each other's backs. You get in there. Great on Shay for doing that. I do wonder if you know Nikolai either skated over after and was like, "Hey man, next time, 
Just let the enforcer deal with it, okay? I I, I got Strom. <laughs> like a, a A plus for Shave jumping in there, you know, didn't well, you know, didn't didn't earn the W in the fight. But so, sometimes that's even better when like you know you're gonna lose a fight in in a situation like that. You just like, hey, we got to step up for our boy here, and yeah. and you and you just you, you get in there and um. But yeah, I mean, there, there there have not you know there have been instances in the past with this team where they didn't always do that. Um, I think it's, it's quite obvious, and that was Exhibit A, that this is just a different team, and that whether it was a Connor or a Janssen Fialbi, that somebody was going to jump in and, and protect their guy there. So got to give uh, a bit of love to Shifes for stepping in there and defending the teammate's honor. It's, it's kind of hilarious to say that fighting someone is a slight sign of maturity and leadership. For Shifley, like it's a it's a weird parallel to make because you know it's fighting, but it's it's true. Like I don't think we see that from him last year, and this year it's just he's taking on a, a new role. He's taking on I don't want to say the burden because it's not necessarily a burden, but he's the main guy. Like he's the he's the key cog in this offense, and he's still going out and doing some of those little things to kind of, to build team morale and show those guys that he is a leader on this team. So yeah, it's it's great to see, but you wish it wasn't in that circumstance. And he gets a little hockey karma his way with an empty netter freebie. Love those. Would have loved, would have loved a couple empty netters when I played. <laughs> How many do you think you got? One, I think. <laughs> like I, like I guess in it was. I know I got one, but it was you sadly be, you couldn't be trusted late game. No, I was the worst part. <laughs> it's like I'm the only guy on the team that actually wants to play defense. <laughs> trusted. But then we've got the you know, cherry pickers that are like, hey, man, like, sorry, you got to pad the stats a little bit. Meanwhile, I'm blocking <laughs> shots with my neck. And it's uh, whatever. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. It's totally okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as, as far as the team goes, that's about as, as, as much as you would want to see out of the club in that, in that win against the Anaheim Ducks there. I mean, you come from behind, down to, down your leading goal scorer, you show medal. You show you got each you got each other's backs, and you get a beauty last minute win there. So I mean, all around for the team at the very least, a nice showing there in Anaheim. And yeah, now the plan is to keep that going over the next two in Cali, San Jose, uh, a late late one. I can I'll tell you what, Tice, I can guarantee I'm not watching that game live. That is just a fact. That that will 100 percent be PVR. So and back to back 930s. Are you kidding me? Oh, come on. The PVR is working overdrive this week, baby. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, that's not a Thursday 930 because that's just that's that's pure evil. But um, good luck. Yeah, get the coffee going. Get the Red Bull going. A little bit of both. Throw some Buckleys in there, too. See what happens. <laughs> Try to stay up over the <laughs> next couple of days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. And if, if, you, if you do, it was not endorsed by Gates and Plates. <laughs> the worst advice. Yeah. <laughs> just like ignore sick. that. Jamarcus Russell's like, you should not do that. Um, <laughs> but either way, Sharks Jets, Tuesday night late, Kings Jets. Um, is Dubois hurt? I'm not like no, he's, he's just he's just invisible. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted okay. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to check that. Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> but the Jets will take on Dubois and the Kings. Looking for a bit of revenge in that matchup there. I mean, look, beat beat the Sharks. Whatever happens against LA happens. You get five straight wins, and then you're kind of playing with house money at that point. 
against LA. Um, at, at least in the near future, Tyson, assuming Connor is going to miss some time. I mean, the schedule does ease up a decent amount right up until, say, mid to late January. There's a there's a lot of teams or a lot of matchups in the Pacific, which is always a, a very welcome sight. You got Chicago at least once. You got Chicago twice. You've got Minnesota twice for the first time. Um, Montreal mixed in there as well. It's at the very least, you know, if... If you're going to be shorthanded for the next little bit, at least the schedule isn't as daunting as it was uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's pretty good. Um, but we'll keep an eye on how the Jets do. And yeah, we'll keep an eye on the big news to come. Kyle Connor's MRI results, which we imagine we'll hear about on either Tuesday or Wednesday sometime as well. Uh, but that'll do it for the episode here today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again to Skates and Plates here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll get back at it Friday morning, breaking down those games on the road against the Sharks and the Kings before Winnipeg opens up a four-game homestand ahead of the holiday break. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your work week. Stay safe and have a good time, everybody. We'll talk to you Friday morning. Peace.